Welcome to the Grace Life Teens podcast. GLT is a youth ministry of RCCG Grace Chapel in New Westminster, BC. Our vision is to build teenagers into disciples of Jesus Christ who will reign as kings and priests. We hope this message inspires and builds you up. second one, love one another. And that tells me that God expects the entire Christian faith is centered on love. That Christ could come to the cross to die for you and for me. It's because he loved us. And he's only asked us to do two things. Number one is to do what? Number one is to do what? Number two is to I want us to focus today on loving one another because I feel like for many of us, because we know that Christ died for us, that part is a bit easy, if I can choose to use that word. This morning, the focus of the message was on loving God from at the workers' meeting, but I want to focus on loving one another. Because if we don't love one another, we cannot call ourselves Christians. So the question I want to ask what is love? There's so much reflection of love all around us. When somebody sends you a text, you reply with a love emoji. Abby, someone sent me a text the other day. I sent, I sent my daughter a message. She replied to me with a love. We watch movies. Almost every movie you watch, they depict love. You meet one person, the eyes meet, bang, they in love. You know, there's a, you know you, once you just see the eyes, you understand the messages. Something is going on. These two people are in love. But really, what is love? What does the Bible talk about? Love. If I say the Christian faith is centered on love, what is love? I'm sure you know where I'm directing you to this morning. First Corinthians chapter 13. There are two books in the Bible that describes love. The first is in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and the second book is the first book of John. So if you're ever struggling and you want to understand what God wants you to do with love, either go to the first book of Corinthians chapter 13, or you go through the book of 1 John. It's interesting, 1 John, chapter, 1 John has 135 verses. Hmm? In those 135 verses, love is mentioned 46 times. And that tells you that it's something that is very important. I'm not going to make us read through the whole book of 1 Corinthians, but I want you to keep your Bible at that face because we will be using that chapter to understand what God says to you when he says, love your neighbor. One person responded to me, I love myself. There's a lot of self-love promotion these days. You know, they say we don't like ourselves, so... They tell you, you have to start by loving yourself. If you can't love yourself, you can't love anybody. Big fat lie. <laughs> Big fat lie. So let me set the context of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Paul is writing a letter to the people in Corinth. And in chapter 12, he had talked about all the beautiful spiritual gifts, which are blessings you get from being a child of God. 
But it's interesting. He now moves away from talking about spiritual gifts. You know, if I stand before you now and I lay hands on my dear friend, and you force everybody to say, yeah, there's power. She's gifted. If I begin to speak in tongues and I'm able to say, this is what God says, everybody says, that is a demonstration of power. Those are the things many of us seek when we come into God's presence. But Paul starts the book of 1 Corinthians 13 by saying, no matter what power you have, no matter what gift God gives to you, no matter what you are able to do in God's hands, house, if you're unable to love your neighbor, you're like a clanging cymbal. Making no noise. We're beating on you and there is no noise coming forth. No matter how much time you spend doing things for God and you cannot connect with God's love or show love to your neighbor, you're nowhere near there. So the first thing I want to say to you, um, during workers' meeting, she asked for um, a definition. I read a novel many years ago and the thing that I remember from that novel is the first principle I want to share with you this morning. Love is not an emotion, it's not a feeling, it's not. Love is a decision. It's a choice that you make. You might feel, and that's why when you watch movies, you see somebody there that's supposedly in love today. Three years down the line, they've walked different paths. And they're like, we're going our separate ways. It is because they have not made that decision to love. Trials will come. Challenges will come. But when you have decided, I'm loving. Why do parents, you know, you have a baby. A baby is supposed to be a good thing. But the baby wheezes on you, pulls on you vomits on you, but you still see parents carrying that child and saying, maybe that's not even a good example. You see a mother with a challenged child, physically, mentally, emotionally, but the child is still nurturing. It is because that mother has made that decision. This is my child. I am loving him or her. So the first thing I want you to say, so even with God, it is a decision to love God. It is a decision to love your neighbor. It is not an emotion. It's not a feeling. It doesn't depend on how you are feeling at all. And I want you, if you don't remember anything I have, I, I, else I may say today, please don't forget. Love is a decision. It's not an emotion. Because these words will carry each and every one of you when you decide to get married. So what is love? First Corinthians 13. I'm going to be like a teacher this morning. The first thing Paul said is, love is kind and love is patient. First thing I want you to notice that love is a verb. What is a verb? It's an action word. First two things he said. So in this chapter, there are a lot of verbs that he has used to describe what love is. The first two verbs he used are positive verbs, kind. Patient. Following that, he uses a set of negative verbs to describe what he considers love. What does it mean to be kind? What does it mean to be patient? I've talked about love 
of a mother to a child. Maybe one of the other things I need to highlight this morning is that when Paul was writing the book of Corinthians, it was written in Greek. And there were different words that they used to describe love. I'm sure you've heard this before many times, but that's not the focus of where I'm headed to. You can have love for a friend. You can have love for your family members. You can have love for your spouse. But the love that is being described in 1 Corinthians is the God kind of love, and that's what we call agape. And so the first two things it describes about this kind of love is that it is kind and it is patient. When I hear the word patient, that tells me that somebody is going to irritate me. But because I love you, I'm going to choose to be patient with you. Somebody is going to do something that would make me feel, oh, why? But rather than repaying that person in that tune, I'm going to choose to be kind to the person. I hope you are understanding why I said love is a decision. It's not an emotion. Because if it was an emotion, if I have toys and you've broken my toy, I'm not going to feel like being your friend. Maybe, for example, you just bashed my car. And I just bought, and I'm going to have to pay a huge amount. It's going to take God's grace for me not to scream the house down. So we know what love is. You need to be kind to the people beside you. What are the, what are the sort of words that we're speaking to one another? Am I speaking words that I know will hurt you? Sometimes I know what I'm saying is going to hurt you and I say it to you deliberately. But what's the motive behind it? If somebody does something to irritate you, what is your response? I'm asking that you reflect deeper. You think within your heart. What are you doing? The next set of things that Paul talks about are the what love is not. And he uses eight things to describe what love is not. Number one thing he said, and if you look at these eight things, they're, they're, they're related. Envy. What is envy? What's envy? Sorry? Exactly, I like that. So, we both apply for something, an award. He gets there and I'm thinking, can you imagine? He only has this so. And, he, and they give him the award. When me and they, why should they give him? I'm envious. The next word he uses is boasting. I've just done that when I have this. And that's why I talked about self-love. The focus is on me. Envy and being boastful. The next thing he talks about, pride. They all come from a place of me, me, me. Me, myself, and I. Once I'm fine, everybody can jump in the lagoon. It's not a Christ-like nature. I told the teens this morning that if Christ could, he who knew no sin became sin, that you and I, you and I may have life. It's very important for us to make note of these things. Of course, the next word he uses is rudeness. Hmm. 
How do we speak to one another? The Bible says, let your words be seasoned with grace. What is coming out of your mouth? I don't know. I see most of you only in church. But I'm asking, what comes out of your mouth when you're in school with your peers? What comes out of your mouth when you're at home with your siblings? Goes on to identify self-seeking. All the what love is not keeps going back to it's not about you. It has to be about the other person. Keeping score. I have a record. You know, you asked me to follow you to Metro Town. I followed you. You asked me to follow you to New West. I followed you. You asked me to follow you to, sorry, I followed you. I only asked you to follow me to UBC the one time. And I'm hearing a litany of blah, 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 blah. Maybe the last, the next one might not relate. It says, delighting in evil. That's another thing. You don't, you don't take joy. Oh, he fell. God caught him. That serves him right. When I asked him to follow me the other day, he said, very good. That's what he deserves. I'm going to go back again. Love is not about you. Love is about the other person. I remember um, a while back, I was working with someone. And honestly, if I had to, we're doing like a contract together. And what made sense, honestly, was after taking out the cost of what we, had, what we needed to buy, we should have split the money 50-50. But she said to me, no, we're going to split the money 70-30. I know. And she said she would take 70 and give me 30. In my heart, I thought, ah, how is this making sense? How is this reasonable? Is she, re is she really thinking about this thing? How do you think we're putting in the same... In actual fact, if I recall properly, I put in even a lot more energy. But you know what? She got the deal. She was the one that was awarded the contracts. So I was. So it, it made sense, honestly, in, if we're going to play fair. And I knew that if I was the one who got the contract, I'd have said, you know what? Let's take out the bills. Once we do the bills, we'll do 50-50. Particularly, the person has done a lot of work. But she said 70-30, and I said, it's okay. It took a lot. It took a lot for me to say, okay. But you know why I did that that day? I looked at what's the 20% that I want to fight with my sister for. So many relationships have gone down the drain because I'm like, I will not agree. It may not be fair, but when you're not thinking of yourself, you allow the other person to so, so to say, get away with it. Especially when you're Christians. From verse 9, if you're, if you're there with verse 9, let's move. He then uses words, what love 
always does. Number one, it will protect the other person. Brings me quickly to something. Protection means I know your weak point. I cover you up. I'll give a very good example. I have a roommate who is untidy. I know that is that person's weak point. So I cover that person's weak point. I'm always arranging. My weak point may be that I can't cook. And she's an excellent cook. The Bible says love covers a multitude of sin. You are protecting that person. I want each of you to think back at your parents. Because that's the closest way I can bring it to you. Sometimes you may feel they're going overboard. But a lot of the time, some of the things they're asking you to do. In fact, I hear things like, they're too protective. When you are dealing with other people, bring that on. Protect the person. And sometimes you need to protect people from themselves. Believe in other people. Never say you can't do. You always are hoping for the best for the other people. He gets an award. Excellent. You are rejoicing with that person. Trust me. A day will come when that person will have to rejoice with you. And you can, never can tell whether what he will rejoice with for you, maybe ten times, what you are rejoicing with him for today. You always believe the best for the other people. Again, when you believe the best of the other people, you would fight less. You tell me you are coming. You don't come. I think maybe something come, came up and you couldn't make it. But if my heart is thinking, she doesn't cook like me. That's how she will tell me she's coming. She will not come. I'm already resentful. So no matter what you say when you come, I knew you would always have excuse. You're always hopeful. And the last word you use is perseverance. I'm going to go back again and say this. When Paul describes this, I don't know where all these features will come out as much as in a marriage relationship or in a family setting. Because many times we'll do things and you'll be like, in my place they say a proverb that if you have a bad child, you don't throw the bad child away. You still nurture that child. The final thing he said was that whatever you think about love, it never fails. Who have you tried loving? Who have you worked on loving? If God could do so much to get through to you and to me, who have you worked on loving? I want you to look at someone beside you and tell the person I love you. I mean it. <laughs> and I'm not joking. No. When you say I like you, you are telling the person, you are using the word feel you, you are my friend. But I love you, I agape you. I love you with a kind of love. You are telling that person in advance that when... <laughs> so how can I walk in love? <laughs> Ephesians chapter 1, let's read verses 16 to, to 20. 
I've given you a description of what true love is. Does it sound like it's easy? It's easy. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Grace Life Teens. For more information about our youth ministry or for counseling or prayers, please contact the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Grace Chapel in New Westminster, BC, Canada. Online at www.rccgbc.org or on phone at 604-526-7732. God bless you.